You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. You're listening to BGN Radio with Brandon Lee Gowton and Jimmy Kemsky. going on, everybody? This is BGN Radio, episode number 162. I'm Jimmy Kempsky from PhillyWords.com. With me, as always, is Brandon Lee Gowden of BleedingRedation.com. Brandon, how you doing, buddy? Jimmy, here we are, week 17, the worst division in NFL history, arguably. Well, no, they've actually passed a couple of them. They're okay. only one of the worst ever in NFL history. One of the worst <laughs> NFL divisions, or one of the worst divisions in NFL history, and the Eagles are eliminated with nothing to play for. They're the first team out, so that's always great. Um, Obviously, lots to talk about with this team, with the season effectively being over before this meaningless Week 17 game. But before we do, Jimmy, you know, right to Svelin, Kraft Jerky. I mean, what better way to start off the new year, the offseason? It's been such a long and arduous Eagles season. Why not treat yourself I think I'm going to do something to me next week. I don't know what it is yet, but I'm going to like do something or maybe a little bit at some point here after the season where I kind of just treat myself. Maybe I'm going to buy a bunch of right to sell craft jerky and just eat it all emotional eating. And I'm going to do that by going to right to sell.com and using discount code BGN 15 for 15% off at checkout. But we have a lot to talk about in the show, Jimmy. A lot of big picture stuff. Yeah, that, the season's over. So I thought maybe we'd sort of like set the blueprint for the the five biggest off-season stories. It's a, basically an off-season storyline guide. Uh, okay. Number one is Howie going to stay or go? Or, and then, you know, 1A, who replaces Howie if he goes? Uh, and, you know, who's your top candidate? So really, I guess one would be who's going to be the GM? Number two, and we'll come back to all these one by one. Number two would be does Doug stay or go? Um, who replaces Doug if he goes? Just number three, does Schwartz stay or go? That's something that we really haven't discussed really at all, I don't think. I don't think that I think that's been a very under discussed thing, just generally speaking. Um, so we'll get into that a little bit. My phone's ringing and it's a spam call. Uh, number four would be Carson Wentz, the C stay or go. Uh, and then number five uh, is Jalen Hurts, the quote unquote uh, quarterback for now, meaning are they just going to roll with him for the time being and hope that he becomes sort of the franchise quarterback or will the team address the quarterback position uh, in the first round? And if not, uh, we'll kind of get into you know, who is your personal uh, favorite potential top five prospect? So let's start at the top again. Uh, does Howie stay or go? I mean, we, are, we already know what your opinion is <laughs> and what my opinion is. But what, what's your sort of temperature check on, on uh, what they're actually going to do there? I just feel like it's going to be hard to believe he's gone until he is, right? Like, how, how can we possibly believe he's actually going to be gone until we see it happen? Um, I think that's disappointing. I think the whole thing about John Dorsey, like that name getting leaked, and we talked about that on last mm-hmm. week's episode. I think that, you know, there was meaning behind that. And I think that's kind of going to be what happens where like he gets like an elevated role and he's the guy that's at, he's going to be the new Joe Douglas, basically, is what's going to happen. Uh, and I don't think that's good enough. I think it's another half measure by this organization. 
So I think he is going to be back. I think it's actually worse than just letting him than uh, than him just staying on as the GM, and that's it, and that's it. I think it's worse that they actually bring a personnel guy in, because what all that's going to do is provide cover for Howie if and when they have another disastrous draft in 2021. So I mean, it's I, I mean they, they like you said they've already done that with Joe Douglas, but ultimately let's not kid ourselves. Like Cow, uh, Howie's going to be sort of the the captain of the ship. So, like, even if they do bring someone else in, like, it's not going to change anything. Howie's going to be the one making the top, like, he's going to have the final say, uh, you know, uh, on, on you know, major personnel decisions, like who they draft in round one, round two, who they, you know, uh, target in free agency, uh, who stay, who like, the, who stays and goes among the most important players on the team. It's ultimately going to be Howie if he stays. So, like, let's not kid ourselves that if they bring a John Dorsey or someone else uh, aboard, that it's going to be them making those decisions. It's ultimately going to be Howie. So you, know, you and I are, are very much on the record that Howie has to go. Um, I wrote a long thing about it. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday, by the way. Uh, I, I, I published something long about Howie, uh, basically stay or go post on Howie on Wednesday morning, and we get into that a little bit there. But, uh, yeah, I, I think that the – I know that one of your biggest things with Howie is that if you bring aboard like a personnel guy – and then how he can kind of focus on what he's great at, which mm. is cat management. I know that uh, that's sort of a pet peeve of yours that he has this reputation uh, of of this guy who's just amazing at managing a cat. It's the second most expensive roster in the NFL, Jimmy, and they're four ten and one or whatever. Like, like yeah. no, he's not done a good job with the cap. Uh, they're locked into this roster that is terrible for next year. Like, stop saying this. Just look at some of the contracts. You know, Alshon Jeffrey. Obviously, terrible contract. Deshaun Jackson, before this week, he played in like 10% of the Eagles' uh, possible offensive snaps. Uh, Malik Jackson, Jimmy, doesn't have a sack since week six. And he has like one quarterback hit in that time too. Javon Hargrave has zero sacks, zero quarterback hits in seven out of his 14 games this season. Like, like these are bad contracts. There's so yeah. many bad contracts on the roster. Darius Slay, I mean, they, they traded a three and a five for him. I mean, Slay helped the team for sure, but, I mean, they traded a three and a five and then they redid his deal. Uh, I mean, well, you, can just, you just go on and on. The, the Jeffrey one is really the one that was just totally an unforced error. Like The restructure, really, too. Yeah, to that's clear. what I mean. The restructure is what I'm talking about, like mm-hmm. where they guaranteed his 2020 salary for really no good reason at all. Like, he took a very, he took a very minimal pay cut, like less than a million dollars. And uh, they guaranteed his 2020 salary. It just made no sense whatsoever. Uh, like the benefit of that did not come close to making it worth uh, the, the risking the the potential downside of that. And we saw that like the the, the worst possible downside with him, uh, you know, and how much they had to pay him. And he was just sort of he was just an albatross on on uh, of a contract uh, on their cap. But I mean, like you just look like you mentioned a lot of their free agent acquisitions. You look at his drafts over the last uh, five years since he, you know, regained his GM title. You can go back further than that, and it doesn't help much. Like his drafts before, like when he was around, when during the Andy years, it's kind of hard to sort of parse out like who is responsible for for those drafts. So I just, in my article, I just stuck to the last uh, five years because there's no debate on that, and those five years are were just horrible draft wise. So, I mean, but we're getting off topic here. We're sticking with the uh, the idea that he's this great cap manager, as you mentioned. They're it's the most it's the second most expensive team in the league. They're going to be close to they're projected to be close to seventy million uh, over the cap 
when the new league year begins. Of course, they'll roll some of their 2020 cap into 2021. But they're just it's when you just look at sort of the future of the team, the roster's bad, the roster's old, the roster's super expensive, and they're going to have to like extend. They're going to have to restructure guys and kick the can down the down the road further just to get under the cap in 2021 because the idea was that they were going to have to. Uh, they're they're going to sort of restructure Carson Wentz's deal uh, this offseason, but now that's almost certainly not going to happen with the season that he had. Uh, so, I mean, they're just in horrible, horrible shape from a cap standpoint, even more so, in my opinion, than a talent standpoint. So, the idea, again, like the idea that like that's the, the, the thing that he does well is just it's just it's just a weird reputation that is uh, that he's sort of gotten over the years that doesn't really make a lot of sense i think a lot of people like have this weird reaction when he's restructured contracts over the year and i think it not to say like that the fans are down he does it again but it's like like (laughs) all he's doing is just taking money that this player is owed and giving more of it to them in their pocket immediately like he's not like making money he's not actually working magic there's no magic to it it's just like it's a decision it's a decision to pay this player more money now and and we're or like more instant money now, and then push uh, more money into future years to create cap space in the short term. Like you're not not actually creating money. You're just moving it around to different places. I think people think of that as magic, and that kind of has created this, for some reason, this idea that he's a cap genius. Another point on that is like, I just don't think cap matters as much. Like like the advantage of like having a top-notch cap guy in today's NFL Feels like everyone has that. Yes. Like it doesn't for the most part. There might be like some teams that are dumb about it, but on, on the, mo- the most part, it's kind of like analytics in baseball. Like you don't have an advantage now in baseball if you have analytics. Like everyone has analytics. This isn't some like revolutionary cutting edge thing anymore. Um, but beyond that, I think an important thing to think about, you know, for Jeffrey Lurie, Jimmy, is like I think there's too much thought being placed into like what was in in terms of like deserves to be here like Howie Roseman deserves to be here because they won the Super Bowl it's not about that like it's about looking at this thing going forward looking at like this mess of a situation they're in and by the way the guy who created this mess Howie Roseman and like how do you look at that and and feel like he's the right guy going forward because it's not about deserve it's not about like one more year this is about like projecting multiple years into the future if you don't get rid of Howie Roseman, you're just delaying the inevitable, in my opinion. And I, I just think that there's risk in that. I think a lot of people think of risk as like you make a move too soon and it can come back to bite you. I don't think enough people think about risk as like you don't do anything. And then, again, you're just delaying the inevitable. Right. Instead of ripping the Band-Aid off really quick, it's going to hurt. But like the pain is gone afterwards. It's going to hurt, hurt a whole lot more if you're like peeling it off very slowly, which it seems like the Eagles are inclined to do here. So uh, that's my thought on it. Yeah, I mean, we, we touched on this before. Well, first of all, before, I'll get back to one point that you made on, um, you know, kicking the can down the road or whatever, and spread, where it's not a magic trick where you just take a guy's salary and you convert it into a signing bonus and then you spread that money over the over the back end of the contract. They actually have, by my count, 11 players that have money on – that they, they they have basically um, salary cap hits on years after their contracts have already expired. That list is Fletcher Cox, Malik Jackson, uh, Alshon Jeffrey, Lane Johnson, Jason Kelsey, Brandon Graham, Zach Ertz, Deshaun Jackson, Javon Hargrave, Rodney McLeod, and Isaac Samalo. The bulk of which are already 30, 30 years uh, of age or older. And really, it's kind of remarkable that they borrowed as much money from the future as they have. 
and still managed to field a four and eleven, a four well for now four ten and one team. Like mm-hmm. they they borrowed all that money from the future and they're still horrible. And then the other you know just sort of big picture point on Howie that you know we we've kind of gone over here at length um, is that you know like he can't be trusted to turn the team around because if he's not like the idea that Paul Domowich, uh reported that you know the the idea that Howie was gonna be fired like didn't even occur to like Jeffrey Lurie like like it's like not it wasn't even like under, under it wasn't like even a discussion really. but I mean for sure he's got to have some like if that's the case and I respect Damo a lot so like I'm not like I respect his reporting and I believe uh that his reporting is accurate but he's got to have some kind like his seat has to be like kind of hot and when general managers are on sort of that proverbial hot seat you know they'll, they'll manage their team in a way uh, in which they're looking for short-term results uh, as a as a way to sort of survive, and then they won't really uh, prioritize what is best for the team uh, in the long term. So you have that aspect, and then you also have the the thinking that like, well, okay, well, if Jeffrey Lurie does give him the leeway to have time to to turn it around, uh, he didn't deserve that because you know, like as we mentioned, he's had five straight bad drafts. He's had three straight really bad uh, off seasons in terms of player acquisition from uh, the uh, free agency and trade aspect. So he doesn't deserve multiple years to to sort of get the the team back on track, especially given that he's the one that sort of took him completely off the rails. So anyway, we've been down this road like a million times. We move just move on to Doug here, unless you have. Do you have anything else to add on Howie? Well, you had in here like one A who replaces Howie if he goes. Oh, right. I don't yep. think he okay. will. I would want Daniel Jeremiah and maybe the Justin Jefferson Jefferson thing is like clouding my vision because I know he was really high in Justin yes. Jefferson. But I, I like DJ. I just whenever I've heard him talk, whenever I've seen him like go through his evaluations, like he just seems like really smart to me. And um he seems like a realistic candidate too, in terms of like he's, he worked he's in the building with before. most of the scouting department. Yeah. Like he's close with most of the with most of the guys on the Eagle scouting department already. Right. So I just think uh I think he's sharp. I like what he's about from what I can tell from him. I, one thing I think about to me when it comes to Howie and like Lurie not firing him and the situation, like what if like he feels like he can't even get another great top GM candidate because they're not, they're not one of the best GM openings for sure. Like if they did fire their GM. I like, wonder that. I wonder about that. It might be. Yeah. yeah it might not be a, a bad because you know, you kind of have loyalty from Lurie right off the bat, but also like, if you take the Eagles job, it's not good. For, like I know, where, I know where your head's at, where like, it's going to take a long time to turn the team around. And mm-hmm. um, you don't have it. You don't have, you don't definitely have a quarterback. You don't have a good roster. As you like, as we already mentioned, they're going to be almost 70 million over the cap. So they just got to fix that first before they can do anything positive. But that's also a reason why it might not be a bad job because it's going to be understood that it's going to take a substantial amount of time to turn it around. So anyone taking that job in theory would already have a lot of job security right off the bat. I mean, that's assuming that Jeffrey Lurie realizes how long it's going to take to sort of turn the team around. So in that sense, you do have a lot of job security in that you're going to have plenty of time to be able to turn it around. But I hear what you're saying in terms of like, when you look at like what the Eagles have and like the way that they can be built, they're not on like a level similar to Jacksonville, for example. Yeah. Where like they they're gonna have the number one overall pick. They have like a crazy amount of uh, cap space 
Uh, and they have, you know, some good players here and there, young players uh, as it's, well. It's the youngest roster in the NFL. It's the least expensive roster in the NFL. So there you go. And so like from a from just a pure step in and you got a lot like you have like a lot of assets to play with right off the bat. You don't have that in Philly. You have plenty of that mm-hmm. in Jacksonville and in other places. So it really just kind of depends all on, um, you know, what you prefer as a candidate. But I don't necessarily totally subscribe to the idea that it's a bad job necessarily. So we'll get into number two. Does Doug stay or go? And you put in here like Doug is, you know, puffing out his chest in press <laughs> yeah. conferences this week, including after the game, in which he said he's part of the solution. And then Monday going on WIP and basically saying, you know, that he fully expects to be back next year. And I know a lot of people will say to that, well, it's not like he's, he's going to say he's going to be fired, but it's not about that. It's about there's a tone shift in him when mm-hmm. a couple of weeks ago, maybe it was a month ago, whatever, he was asked, you know, if he had received any assurances about his job, and he said no. And he still hasn't outright said that he has, but the tone would indicate that he has. Like, he's been, like, like oddly, like, definitive, really, that he is going to be back. And well, I just he did think- get asked, I guess, by, I think it was by McMullen, like the, the first question of his presser on Monday, I think, whether, or yeah, it was Monday, uh, whether Jeffrey Lurie has specifically said that he'll be back. And mm-hmm. Doug kind of gave like a winding long answer, but ultimately got to like, no, like that'll be discussed after the season is over. So um, he hasn't definitively, like you said, he hasn't definitively said that he's definitely going to be back. But you're right that the tone has changed. For sure. I think somebody got in his ear and sort of reminded him, yo, dude, like you won a Super Bowl a few years ago. Like you, you brought the team to the playoffs like, each of the last few years, as much as you and I might like denigrate that idea that like. And I think that's more on the front office. When we talk about like how they barely, like, barely made it in, right, I think that's more right. of an indictment of the front office. Although right. it's slow starts by the team. So whatever. Yeah. But like, yeah, I think somebody got in his ear and reminded him, yo, like you have some, you have some clout. You want a Super Bowl, start acting like it. <laughs> you know what I mean? So like uh, maybe, maybe that's what happened there. But it is interesting, like, as you mentioned, that, that his tone has sort of changed. Do you think, do you think he is gone or no? I think it's intentional, I want to say, with that tone. I don't know what the intent is. I'm on a couple of minds of it. I think it's either one, he kind of knows he's just going to be a goner, and he's kind of like putting the ball in their court about it. Like he's like, hey, I want to be here. I'm part of the solution. Like he's making right. them almost look bad by then getting rid of him. Or it's that it's just genuine, and then he really feels like he's going to be back. So I don't know. Do I, do I think he will be back? I kind of still lean towards no, just because I, I look at – you know what uh, Jeff McLean was reporting about how Lurie is, you know, like disgusted was the word he used in air quotes there uh, about like walking out of practices early. It didn't go to Cleveland. Was it, was it Cleveland? Didn't go to the Browns game. Yeah. Yep. Like for the first time, maybe ever, like, he didn't attend a road game and you know, there's pandemic considerations in there, but still. Yeah. So I, I still think like he almost is just because it feels like someone has to take the fall for this season too. Right. Like how do you completely run it back now? <laughs> right. I guess on the other hand, I think my kind of my argument with GM there, you could look at head coach too. And it's like, who are you really going to attract here with this situation? When there are other openings, they're going to be more attractive. So they might, they might try to sell that in that regard. Like that I'm with you on, like, it's not a good coaching job. Yeah. It's fine. Especially now he's here. Like I said, if you like, if you come in as a GM, you have time to like, you're, you're given the, like you're, 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 yeah. Like, and you're given like, like the, uh, the go ahead to, you know, Move your family here because you're going to be here at least three, four years. You're going to have plenty of time to turn around. You know, that's maybe not necessarily the case with a head coaching job. You could be one and done. <laughs> right, right. Like, it's possible. Yeah, like Doug almost was one and done in 2016. Like, that wasn't a good head coach. Like, you saw, like, a lot of guys turning this job down. 
They got turned down by uh, what's his name, the Giants guy, Ben McAdoo. <laughs> like they got turned down by Ben McAdoo of all people. He, he's available, Jimmy. Jaguars quarterback <laughs> coach. They can maybe like, they can bring him back in. And and he almost was one and done after that season. As far yep. as is as, as, as like sort of the rumors that were out there, um, mm-hmm. and uh, he survived and they won the Super Bowl and whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I I'm with you there that it's it's not necessarily an attractive head coaching job. I'm with you. I think they probably do. Like I was pretty convinced uh, like a week or two ago that he was going to be gone. I'm not as convinced now. I'm a little closer to fifty fifty, I'd say. But I, if I had to pick one or the other, I would lean. <laughs> excuse me, uh, Peter Brady voice cracking there. Uh, I would lean toward him going. I think we have to consider too that there was there were there was reports about like how he would be relieved almost in a way if he was fired. Yes. Um, so I still have to think, and I think he's not going to get fired. I don't. I I just don't think the Eagles are going to fire Doug Peterson. I think it would be like a mutual parting of ways or whatever. Um, I think that's how it would be sold. At least maybe I'm wrong about that, but I just feel like, you know, it's your only Super Bowl winning head coach. I just feel like you can't just be like, get out of here, Doug, you're canned. Like, I just find that a little hard to believe in terms of the packaging. But um, if we're talking about potential replacements for Doug, if he is gone, Brian Dable is the name. That I think. <laughs> yeah, that's that's who I would that's who I would say too. I mean, it's the same agent as Howie Roseman, the yeah. Bob Lamont guy, and that is absolutely relevant. That, that matters for sure. It, well, especially in a situation where you don't have an attractive job. Like the agent connection matters more right. than ever, I would say in that instance, because it's like, well, this job isn't that good, but we share the same agent, so you know there's an in and you know we can whatever like smooth it over. And I also think he's also good. Um, he's I, I think he's good as well. There's a Jalen Hurts connection there, although he apparently wanted Tua to start. But I think like, he still had a good relationship with Hurts from mm-hmm. what I read about him. So that's interesting. And then from a Wentz angle, if you're thinking Wentz is going to be back, like maybe Lurie sees like, okay, you know, like you look at what he did with Josh Allen. Maybe you think like, okay, we can do that with Carson Wentz. Um, so I think that would be the guy. I think one of the things that they did really like that, that they got right the last time was they hired a bunch of like quarterback like experts really i mean doug peterson was former quarterback frank reich was a former quarterback himself uh you know the uh flip the flip of course the quarterback coach like even like mike grow like the wide receivers coach was like he was a former quarterback himself so like that's one thing that they did was they had a lot of like like guys that really knew what they were doing at that position and uh i think that's probably a route that they should go again if they do uh, replace this entire staff, whether they roll with Hertz or somebody new, whatever. I think that's, uh, I think that makes a lot of sense because they don't currently have like a clear veteran quarterback right now that already has it figured out. Yeah, that's one of my biggest criticisms of the organization. Like underrated thing that I never understood why they put so much emphasis, Jimmy, on like when originally Doug's staff was hired. Like we have these three guys, Reich and DeFilippo and and uh, and Doug, and like they win the Super Bowl. And those two of those guys are gone, and there was no like big emphasis to replace them. It was just like, oh, we're just going to promote from within, or <laughs> right. be fine. It wasn't like we're going to go out and we're going to like really try to hire the best guy from wherever we could get. So anyway, I've said that a lot before, but before we get into the rest of the questions here, Jimmy, I want to mention that BGN Radio is brought to you by Righteous Selling Craft Jerky. You can go to RighteousSelling.com and get yourself some craft uh, jerky or uh, other tubes. snacks, meat tubes. They have meat snacks they have non-meat snacks they call them artisan snacks on their website they have gear i know loyal listener rich bobby was sent a righteous Helen t-shirt 
by Dan Klausner. Was he? Yeah, for uh, you know being such an enthusiastic supporter okay. of Righteous Felon. So you know maybe you get yourself some, you kind of promote it on Twitter or whatever, and then maybe you get some free gear. I don't know. Who knows? But um, <laughs> right. you can get yourself some product for sure by going to rightdesellin.com and using discount code BGN15. Give it a try. I think you'll – I'm very confident you'll like it. I like it. Jimmy? Back after this. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience – Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between so you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering, so you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected, and 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Back here on BGN episode radio 162. It's the final regular season of 2020 episode. Jimmy, let's get back to our big questions here. Number three, you have, does Jim Schwartz, Jimbo Schwartz, does he stay or go? Very under discussed. Like, have you seen anyone really? Like, have you written about this at all? I know I haven't. I'm going to this week, but I haven't yet. Have you like heard anyone talking about Schwartz or no? Kiss and Solak. Okay. Um, you know, we're talking about it on the post game show. Oh, I know that I know that they they're not fans. <laughs> yeah, they're they're not Jimbo Schwartz fans. And like, look, I get it. Obviously, I think the defense reasonably could have been better than they were on Sunday against the Cowboys. If we're just like looking at the you know where the defense stands right after the scheme, but I also look at it and I'm like, like look at these guys who are playing. It's like Jannard Avery and Graylon yeah, that game Arnold. would not factor into my decision at all. That. Well, I'm just saying, like, I think that game encapsulated some people's sure. frustrations with him, though. It's just like, well, I mean, they're, they're, missing, they're missing Fletcher Cox. They're missing Derek Barnett, yep. Josh Sweat. They're missing their, I mean, Avante Maddox isn't good, but you know, he's certainly better than Michael Jaquette, as we came to find out. Like, so, uh, I mean, they, they have injuries across the board. He's done, I think, enough with the players that, like, the talent that he has to justify coming back. And you just look at his track record, like, uh, I don't know what what the Eagles are ranked uh, DVOA. Do you, I'm sure you do, right? Defensively, it's like around middle of the pack. Last time I was like 16, and that's not Always. bad for like the level yeah. of talent that they have. I mean, well, they've, it's they have the third fewest amount of cap spending on defense in the NFL. Okay, and then like their linebackers are garbage. They're, I mean, we already know like their back end. Like we sort of expected them to not be good there before the season began. We expected the defensive line to be good. Obviously, they put a ton of money into the defensive tackle position. Stupidly. Uh, and like, so like, like, I think that's where it all starts, obviously, for them is that defensive line and the defensive line is good. So, but like on the back end of the linebackers and the, and the secondary, I mean, for years and years, he's had to sort of coach around that. And I think he's done a reasonably good enough job where the one thing like where he should stay, but the one thing I don't know about him is what is his contract situation? So maybe I should try, try to find that out, I guess. Like, is he still under contract after this year? Does he want to stay or go? Like, does he even want to still be here or not? 
I assume, yeah. But like if Doug is fired, is he going to want to stick around and be a defensive coordinator for somebody else? So like, I think there's a couple different ways of looking at uh, whether Jim Schwartz stays or go. Like if Doug stays, does Jim Schwartz stay or go? If Doug gets fired, does Jim Schwartz stay or go? And I think like there's two different answers there. I think if Doug stays, he's locked in. Like he's not going anywhere. If Doug gets fired, what do you think? I think it's possible he could still stay on, especially depending like if they did something like promote Deuce, you know, and kind of mm-hmm. just tried to not fully run it back, but, you know, <laughs> run it back with some things in place. But I, I want to ask you this, Jimmy. If the Eagles had like the best defense in the NFL this year, what would their record be? They, they don't want a few more games. I mean, their defense actually did win them games this year. So how many more games would they have won? Like two, three. Two, three, if that. That's what I mean. Like I, this... I, mean, I have to look at them. I have to look at them mm-hmm. individually. In fact, let me do that real quick. But for me, while you do that, like the Schwartz thing is such a non-starter and just in terms of like big picture and probably yeah. why it hasn't been talked about. Like, is it just like, I don't care. Like, I think you could do better than Jim Schwartz, a defensive coordinator. But Can I you know? You could... With what's well, available? I also think you could do worse. Like, I think, yes, I, I do think you could have... Well, yeah, because I don't think they've had like an elite defense. I think, you know, there's room to be better than he's been. They're, they're 17th in DVOA this year, by the way, which again, you have to consider the resources uh, invested there. But, but to me, like defense just, it shouldn't be where this team's head is at. Like they, it's it, by contrast, Jimmy, you'll spend the third amount, most amount of money on offense in the NFL and their offense is pathetic. Like, that's the unit that's woefully underperforming. Like, the defense right. is actually overperforming. So I don't think Schwartz, you know, like, can't be fired, I guess is my stance. It's like a like this, you know, unforgivable mistake if they move on. But I also don't think it it's like this disaster if they keep him. I'm kind of just like whatever on him. All right. So they're the best defense in the league. They beat the Bengals in regulation or in overtime. Well, I guess in overtime they shut him out. <laughs> I think they beat him. They probably beat the Bengals. The Rams game, they were really bad that game, but they're probably not winning that game anyway. They got blown out in that game. Uh, like the offense didn't do anything in that game. Maybe they beat the Steelers. Steelers had 38 on them. Maybe they beat the Ravens. The Ravens beat them 30 to 28. And I don't really see any other games that they probably win. Mm-hmm. So what? Like maybe three more wins? Yeah, three, we'll call it three. Three more wins. Then, yeah. So what are you? You're you're seven, <laughs> yeah. eight, and one or whatever? Or seven, yeah. <laughs> right. seven and one? Like, seven, seven and one like, right now. You win the division, but yeah, you're, great. Getting, you're getting stomped out in the first round. And defense isn't sticky year to year. Like, you're not going to have this elite defense forever. Like, offense can be. Like, yes. the offenses have more staying right. power. Like the so are going to be awesome on offense forever. Yeah. Yeah. The Bills are probably going to be awesome on offense for, like, a long time. Mm-hmm. We probably thought the so, Eagles were going to be also on offense for a while, for a long time back well, in 2017, but things they do change with the Eagles. So, I guess I'm kind of just I don't care. What about you? I'm a, I'm ambivalent. Uh, I think it matters. I think he stays if Doug stays. Is there any way that you think he like he's the scapegoat? Like Doug stays and Howie stays and Schwartz yeah. goes? Absolutely. Just because there's someone's going to have to. If they run it back, they're not going to run it back with literally everyone. And someone's going to. Because they're going to hire a defensive coordinator that sucks and people are going to see like what the difference is between, you know, small gripes that they might have with Schwartz and huge gripes that they have with somebody else. Well, they could always put a Jeff Stoutland, that defensive coordinator. <laughs> right. Do that. Right. There you go. Like, uh, like one. Does Carson stay or go, Jimmy? Uh, I was pretty adamant originally that like I thought it was unrealistic that he would go. Now I'd be surprised mm. if he stayed. Yeah. Does he even want to be back? 
I don't think he wants to be back. I mean, he had, mm-hmm. he, I think it's clear. Like, I mean, that, that, that report by Adam Schefter that he walked back a little bit. I mean, that came from his camp. Like, let's not, yes. let, like, let's not pretend like that didn't, like he said it wasn't from Wentz. It wasn't from his agent. Well, it came from somebody okay. affiliated with them. Okay. Exactly. So, so like that wasn't all just BS. Like, I think he wants out. And uh, I think the Eagles will try to facilitate that. Because really, like, the big thing with Carson is if you commit to him, you're not just like if you keep him, you're not just keeping him for 2021. You have him for 2022 as well, because yeah. the way that it works is on the third day of the league year, you have to pay him a $10 million signing bonus. OK, but what that signing bonus also does is it triggers a I believe it's 24. I think it's 24 million million for 2022 salary for 2022. So you're on the hook for that money in 2022 as well. Like no matter what, like if you if you trade him the next offseason, it's a $24 million dead money hit and you already kept him for 2021. So like like it's either now or net like now or like or like you're really or never yeah at least next year so um i think you ripped off the band-aid i think you trade them you take your hit now 33 million dollar dead money hit now maybe you get something decent in return for him but uh you rip off the band-aid and you're just done with him and, and he's not on your cap at, at all in 2022 and i also think you have to i think you have to wonder like where he fits in terms of like this team isn't going to be good anytime soon like they're not right. making this quick turnaround and it's like you're really going to spend all this time salvaging him for what? Like, what's your ceiling going to be anyway? Like, I, I don't know that it just like I don't even know if Carson Wentz's timeline and this team's timeline, you know, like line up anymore. If what's best for this team is really kind of taking a long term view, I, I just think it's so hard to believe a new head coach fixes him. I think that is so so naive to think that. I think it's so naive to say this is just one bad year. I think there are like underlying issues here and i've talked about it before in terms of coachability and whatnot that like make it really not far from a sure bet from that he's salvageable and specifically salvageable in this environment so um and if you make that bet again like you just said it's not a one-year thing i think a lot of people kind of think of it that way because that's typically how these things can kind of go where it's like all right one more year we'll give it a try no yeah. it's not one more year it's no, I have that opposite proposal yes and, and, like, how could you, like, with how bad he's been this year, I just think there's a lot of, like, I think, again, what I said earlier in terms of risk, I think people think about risk as, like, Carson Wentz leaves and he's great elsewhere. But I don't think they look at the risk of Carson Wentz stays for two more years and he isn't as bad as this year, but, like, he's not drastically better. He, you know, the ceiling is kind of, like, middling and this team is bad around him and they can't support him. And that's another big factor in it. It's not like they're going to be able to just get all these uh, upgrades around him to support him and make him better. So, yeah, I absolutely think they have to turn the page on Carson. It's not like this personal thing. I don't think it makes me like an anti-Carson kind of person. Um, I just don't think – I think it's just over. I think it's I think it's over. I just don't think it makes sense for either side anymore to be here. You know what's the one thing that they – like that we missed out on this year too? Not missed out on, but like the Eagles were lucky to not have this year was fans in the stands. <laughs> like they would have gotten like booed into oblivion like week after week, and maybe that's a bad thing for the team in big, terms of like yeah. I mean, I, I think, and I think that factors like I think that factors into like the thinking of an owner like it, like I think like there's something to that, and you know next year there's going to be people that people on the team and fans and whoever else there's going to be some people that will support will you know favor. 
Carson Wentz, and there'll be some people that favor Jalen Hurts. It doesn't matter. Like they can have like you battle it out in training camp and may the best man win, and whoever wins that job is starting week one, and blah, 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 blah. Well, whoever you put out there, as soon as that guy like has a bad series or a bad game, like <laughs> people are gonna be calling for the other guy. No matter who wins that quarterback competition, like people are gonna call for that other guy, and it's just not gonna be a good situation. Either uh, I mean, we may we may overrate a little bit, like how much outside noise affects like decisions or how much it affects players or whatever on the team. But you know, I think it's also going to hold true in the locker room too, where the players are going to favor one guy and other players may favor another guy, and that's where it really becomes a problem if one if you know you pick one and you know he has a couple bad games or something like that. So that brings us to question number five: Is Jalen Hurts the quote QB for now? End quote. Or will the team address the quarterback position in the first round? And then if no quarterback, uh, who is your favorite potential top five prospect? Um, My stance is that the Eagles should move forward with Jalen Hurts. And that isn't about knowing that Jalen Hurts is like the next coming of, you know, whatever. Like, it's not about knowing that he's some great thing. It's about having enough evidence from what we've seen in him to feel optimistic and also knowing for sure that you don't have to commit to him long term. He's on a cheap rookie deal. And I think that you should move forward with him. Now again, I don't want to say that, you know, how he plays the week seventeen matters a ton. I don't think it's totally irrelevant. Like if he goes out th- there this week and he throws like zero touchdowns and has six interceptions and like three more fumbles, right. that's kinda of concerning. <laughs> right. Um but that doesn't really change my mind overall about like, I think they need to move forward with him as the guy for now, as you put it, not like the long-term starter they're committing to in the next five years, the guy for now and kind of gather information. Like I know it's not ideal for teams to be in a situation where you're going into a season and you don't know that this quarterback is a long-term answer, but teams do it. I mean, look at the Patriots this year. They did it with Cam Newton. It didn't work out. Now they're going to move on. Right. Like, I it shouldn't be so unthinkable that sometimes you just, when you're not in a good spot, you just have to try something out. And if it doesn't work, then you just move on instead of just stubbornly. Because the, what's the alternative? Just stubbornly trying to make like a, a square peg go into a round hole. Like you're just trying to force something that's not going to work. Like So, yeah, to me, Jalen Hurts is the quarterback for now. See, I think it all depends on like if they really like a quarterback. Like, I don't think like you uh, you you take a quarterback on the hope that like he's going to if you if you think a quarterback has like have some warts and you're not like totally sold on the guy, then don't take him. But if there's like a quarterback that you love, like you really really like that guy, and he's just available wherever you're picking, whether like the Eagles going to pick anywhere between third unlikely and tenth, also unlikely, Likely. but it's going to be probably closer to the middle of that. They'll probably pick somewhere like if they lose this week, they'll probably pick fifth, I would think. So if they're picking fifth, for example, and a quarterback is just sitting there that they love, and there's just like a strong quarterback draft, like Trevor Lawrence is probably going to go to number one, and you have Justin Fields from Ohio State, Zach Wilson's from uh, BYU, and then uh, Trey Lance from, uh, from of course, North Dakota State. Oh, my uh, yeah, God. These four quarterbacks that are all like they're all going to go uh, in the first round. Probably all four of them are going to go in the top half of the first round. We'll see. Um, but like if there's a guy that they really, really love and you're picking that high, you might not have an opportunity to pick that high again. So maybe you do just take the quarterback, but I, I don't think you do that unless like you really, really are sold on a guy there. So I'm kind of with you in the sense that like, I would just roll with Jalen hurts unless there really just kind of is that opportunity to, to take a quarterback in which case, like that position, you have to have it right. If you don't have it right. You have, you have no chance. Like I remember like the Dallas Cowboys back in the day, they, um, they drafted Aikman number one overall. And then, like, 
they took another quarterback with a first round pick in like the supplemental draft. <laughs> and Aikman was like, what the hell? And uh, uh, they, they wound up battling out. Aikman won that, that quarterback battle and, you know, whatever else thereafter. But I don't think it's that crazy to make sure that you absolutely get that position right. Now, they were certainly wrong, in my opinion, to take Jalen Hurts in the second round when they had what we thought was a franchise quarterback at the time. And I think the the drafting of him uh, contributed to the downfall that we saw of Carson Wentz this year. But I don't think this is the same situation. I think like you don't know what you have really in Jalen Hurts. And uh, if you have an opportunity to get a guy that you love, then just do it. How insane is it that we're like here that we're talking about? Like, <laughs> like so they have Carson Wentz, huge yeah. money contract. They drafted on Hurts last year, which was insane and stupid. And now draft another quarterback. Like, <laughs> oh my God. Like, I, I get what you're saying and it makes sense. But at the same time, it's just like, this is so ridiculous of a conversation to be having. Have I, you looked at like Jack, the, other, the other prospects uh, other than Jack quarterback? Wilson. Well, Zach Wilson would be my guy, I think, if quarterback. I'm intrigued by him the most um, early on. Still a lot of time before Mm -hmm. draft in late April, Jimmy. But early on, he's the most intriguing guy to me. If they were, let's say they get the third pick. That's, you know, I think where I might be at. Otherwise, I don't think Chase is going to be where they pick because I'm assuming they're going to get like five or six. I think he might be off the board by then. Although maybe not. I don't know. you got the Oregon tackle that's going to go really early. Panay Sewell, yeah, whatever his name is. Yeah, uh, I think Devonta Smith might be the guy. It's a little rich for my blood for him. Mm. Super. Well, I'm saying like six. Yeah, still, uh, it's a little rush for my blood. Okay, but Jamar Chase would be my guy. Like that's that's like my that's. Well, like, I agree. Like, I'm was, saying I don't think they're in range. He was definitely better than Justin Jefferson the last year that they played together, and we already see what yeah. like Justin Jefferson's doing. Like that's enough for me. Like, and he's a sure. perfect fit for like sort of what they need at the wide receiver position. Like he's going to be an X receiver. He's got big, you know, he's, he's got size, athleticism, speed, whatever. like he's got everything. He's going to be a number one receiver in the NFL. My basic take is like, just get a stud. Honestly, get, yes. get a, like get a star elite level talent. Is that what this <laughs> yes. roster needs more than anything? It doesn't now, matter like what they pick. Like the only thing that they can't reasonably take in the first round is running back, tight end, kicker, punter, long snapper. I would say um, with that said. <laughs> and guard, I, I guess where they'll, where they'll be picking in the first round, I guess. But like, Anyway, go ahead. I don't like defense is a tough sell for me though. Like, yes, like, that guy. If you're drafting a quarterback, like that guy better be like freaking like Deion Sanders because like not just an okay quarterback. Like he better be like elite level because this offense. Right, Jalen Ramsey, someone like that. And I don't think that guy's yeah. in this draft, by the way. Right, exactly. So like I think pass rusher offense, up up that high, sure. Like if you're getting like you know a Chase Young sure. like town, absolutely, yeah. Oh, but yeah. like uh, I'm with you. Like cornerback wouldn't wouldn't. No. That'd be like it's like the Giants last year, where they took that like uh, an offensive tackle at fourth overall, which is fine if you're getting like a, a prospect like Sewell. But when you're choosing between him and three other offensive tackles that were like sort of on the same level as the guy that they got, uh, that's a waste of like a fourth round pick, in my opinion. Fourth overall pick. Well, the Giants um, had the fourth overall pick when where they got that guy. Yeah, you said fourth round pick. Oh, sorry, fourth overall pick. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> yeah. So, like, there are certain positions. I'm with you. Like, cornerback would not – like, Patrick Sertan, for example, or uh, uh, Caleb Farley uh, from mm-hmm. from um, Virginia Tech. So, like, th- those two guys, like, they may be fine prospects and they may be – like, like I, but they wouldn't be – if you're picking top five, you don't want to end up with a guy like that. Yeah. Give me a star. 
Jimmy, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors got a what kind of burrito earlier? She got not a burrito. Uh, did she say she nachos? got a burrito? She got nachos and uh, okay. they had beans on them. So I passed. I'm not a, oh. I'm not a bean guy. Really? Oh, yeah. That happened before we started recording. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors came home from from a Mexican restaurant. and uh, You want to give him a plug? Did not, it was Mexican Food Factory in Marlton, New Jersey. Yeah. Um, there you go. Uh, but she didn't bring anything home for me, so. Screw you, Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors. <laughs> but actually, uh, I've been saying on the podcast here that this is sort of the downtime of like the real estate market, but it's actually mm-hmm. not apparently. Like she's been busy like showing houses and getting listings and stuff. So if you are interested in buying, selling, or renting a home, call the selfish, not giving me nachos. Kristen Roach of Roach Realtors at 856-906-9295. Again, that's 856-906-9295. Brandon? What about email? Is that an option? Uh, oh, we like the phone. Yeah, our email is, uh, I believe, it's Kristen, it's K-R-I-S-T-I-N-L, as in Lee, roach at gmail.com. Or they can email you. Or they can email me directly, jimmy at phillyvoice.com. Yes. Back Brandon? Okay. <laughs> Support for this show comes from Atlassian. Atlassian software like Jira, Confluence, and Loom help power global collaboration for all teams so they can accomplish everything that's impossible alone. Because individually, we're great, but together, we're so much better. That's why millions of teams around the world, including 75% of the Fortune 500, Trust Atlassian Software for everything from space exploration and green energy to delivering pizzas and podcasts. Whether you're a team of two, 200 or 2 million, or whether your team is around the corner or on another continent altogether, Atlassian Software is built to help keep you all on the same page from start to finish. That way, every one of your teams, from engineering and IT to marketing, HR and legal, can stay connected and move together as one towards shared company-wide goals. Learn how to unleash the potential of your team at Atlassian.com. That's A-T-L-A-S-S-I-A-N.com. Atlassian. Back here on BGN Radio, episode 162 for our final segment. Jimmy, uh, a couple quick hitting things, I guess, before we get into our picks. Lightning round. Uh, 21-day practice window opened for Brandon Brooks and Davion Taylor. Yeah. I think the Brandon Brooks thing is a very (laughs) obvious attempt at trying to create, like, positive PR at a time where everything is negative. Although, good for him. I don't want to take anything away from Brandon Brooks, the human being. Totally rooting for that guy. But I think from an organizational perspective, I just felt like this was put out there so they could be like, look, Brandon Brooks is ahead of schedule. That's yeah. a good thing. He's not playing, to be clear. They 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 yes. added him to the they they actually sent out a mass text to all the media where like they're not um he's not they didn't say specifically that he's not playing, but they said um they just added him to the to they they opened the practice window so that he could do individual drills with the team. He wouldn't otherwise be allowed to do them. I guess he was on pup, right? He wasn't on IR, yeah. so he was on the pup list, which is basically, is basically functions sort of a similar way. But um, they opened the practice window just so that he can kind of work out a little bit with his teammates uh, this final week of the season. But uh, yeah, he's not going to be playing. And then Davion Taylor, as you mentioned, um, mm-hmm. <laughs> I mean, we've seen nothing from him this year because he hasn't played much. But when he has, like, I forget what game he actually got some a decent amount of snaps. 
he was awful in that game. I don't remember what game it was, but I remember him being really bad. So uh, it would actually help in the tanking effort if he played a lot uh, against the football team on Sunday. But also, like, it'd be good to get a, actually a little bit of a look at the guy that they took in the third round of the of the draft this year for some reason. Uh, when they anyway. needed a linebacker. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, there's that. Did you see the Mike Tannenbaum video? Yeah, do me. <laughs> What's that? Yeah, I did. Play it. Well, we're going to play that right now. Yeah. Before I do, I'll just explain quickly that he's – it's from – uh, what show? Get Up, I think, on ESPN. Okay. He's basically explaining how the Eagles can trade Wentz without taking a substantial cap hit. Listen to this. If Carson Wentz was traded as is before he earned a roster bonus, he would count $33.8 million on Philly's cap next year. However, under the rules, Greeny, if Carson Wentz wrote a check for $20 million before the end of the 2020 league year, the Eagles would get a credit next year, meaning he would only be thirteen million eight hundred thousand on their cap in twenty twenty one, which is a very reasonable number. At the same time, Carson Wentz could go take two visits. Presumably it would be to New England and most importantly the Indianapolis Colts, because Frank Reich's had him before, they've had a lot of success. He could take a physical and renegotiate a contract. The contract to me would be really easy. Keep paying Carson Wentz thirty two million dollars a year, which is what he was making, and have the Colts pay him a signing bonus of $20 million. So he is now made whole and he keeps on going on his contract. If I'm the Colts or the Patriots in that matter, I'm paying roughly $38 million a year, which is $32 million a year for three years, plus the $20 million, which is high, but still less than Sean Watson. And then in terms of the trade compensation for the Eagles, to me, it would be a second round pick in 2021. And if the new team, the Colts or the Patriots, make the playoffs during the 21 season, then the Eagles will get an additional second-round pick in 2022. <laughs> so if I'm Philadelphia, I have a very manageable dead money of 13.8. I have the potential of getting two second-round picks for a player that, let's face it, needs a fresh start, and you still have Jalen Hurts. And if I'm the Colts or the Patriots, Greeny, I now have a young quarterback, 27 years old, who's played well, and I've given up a reasonable draft co compensation, and I'm paying him a little bit more than I want, but now I have the player I need for the next three years. Under okay, that's good enough. Okay, so what he's – <laughs> Howie's watching that like, yeah, let's do that. Anyway, Howie's like boys with Tannenbaum, so uh, I don't know if Tannenbaum's doing him a favor on that one, but that is the most unrealistic shit I've ever seen in my life. Like that is unbelievable that an, that an ex-GM would go on TV and say that into a camera – that some other team is going to not only give him like a twenty, like not not only pay him like what he said thirty eight million a year, which yeah. which put it that would put him like in the top five of like quarterback like to a guy that was just statistically the worst quarterback and the worst starting quarterback in the NFL. You're going to pay him thirty five thirty eight million dollars a year when the Eagle like, instead of just the Eagles taking the cap hit, you're going to take that hit instead and and also give him a twenty million dollar bonus like right at the you're going to pay him twenty million cash money like there's one there's a difference between like you know money being like a figure on a salary cap and actually handing over a check for 20 million like the idea that first of all the idea that carson wentz is going to write a check back to the Eagles for 20 million on the hope that some other team might sign him for this contract that he's talking about is asinine but then also even if like even if that did all get worked out it's like i said a team's going to pay him 38 million with a 20 million dollar signing bonus and they're also going to fork over two second round picks for it are you kidding me like how is how can he possibly look at a camera and say this? Yeah, I think that's all well said, Jimmy. 
I, I agree. Least desirable future in the NFL is the term you <laughs> so use. You have right. an ad on that then? <laughs> well, you, you, I think you covered it well. Okay. All right. Um, <laughs> you, you pretty much said everything I was going to say. Okay. Um, least desirable future in the NFL is the term you use to describe the Eagles situation. And I agree. And I think it's, it's not usually like this in like any bad teams given year. Like there's always hope or more often than not, there's hope in the next season. Like, there's hope that you can make some signings. There's hope that, you know, you can kind of like – there's hope for next year yes. typically. Not always, but typically. But that is not the case for the Eagles. They're in a very bad situation. I think like this bad season was just the only – like the beginning of more bad things to come. It's not like just one blip on the radar, one bad season. You kind of just write it off like like it would be for the Cowboys potentially, let's say. You know, like that got hurt. So they can look forward to him being healthy yeah. next year. And they can have excitement for that. The Eagles can't just do that. You can't just say, like, oh, it's just a bad year for Carson Wentz. He'll be fine next year. You can't just right. say that. We don't even know if he's going to be back, back next year, first of all. So, uh, yeah, I think you illustrated it well in chart form. Some people had issues, I think, with, like, the Lions, you said, in the chart form at quarterback and Raiders quarterback. Yeah, I mean, but, you can nitpick whatever, whatever you want on that. That's fine. Like, I, I wouldn't – But even if you do, I'm not going to put a there. of those things. Yeah, but, like, those, all those teams have, have something to look forward to, whereas the Eagles do not. Like the Eagles, like the way that I put the chart together, it was like, uh, no, it was like no clear answer at quarterback, uh, bad roster, old and unhealthy cap situation. Like every other team in the league had at least one of those four boxes checked as like a positive. I would argue the Eagles have created the perfect storm of apathy, as I want to call it, because they won the Super Bowl a few years ago. So, like, you don't have that hunger, the right. same hunger you once had, because you saw them win it all. So it can't get better than that. Yes. Now, there's really <laughs> nothing to look forward to in the future. Yeah. Like, it's not even like, well, we had a bad year, but they're going to fire the GM. You know, it's not like the Jets were like, oh, you know, we had this terrible year, but at least we're going to fire the head coach. Like, you're not, you might not even get the satisfaction of that. Right. Um, there could just be more badness to come. And that's incredibly frustrating. Jimmy, I, I've been thinking about it like this. Like, what is the reason right now to be an Eagles fan other than just like because you are and it's because what you've always done? And that is obviously a very good reason and understandable reason. But like beyond that, what is the reason? Yeah, like if what you're, if you're in like Germany or something and like you're like, you know what? I'm going to start watching the NFL. <laughs> Who's my team? going? Oh, you know what? These Eagles, they look fun. <laughs> Like they'd be like the last team. They'd be like one of the last teams you'd pick if you were just some foreigner that had no idea about anything in the NFL. Like the Jaguars, by contrast, you know, are the worst team in the league this year. But like kind of like I covered earlier this year, least expensive roster, um, youngest roster. They have multiple picks in the first round, including one overall. So they're going to get um, Trevor Lawrence. They have an opportunity, I'm guessing, to hire a new head coach. I'm guessing they're going to move on from Marone extremely attractive DM opening in terms of the opportunity yep. there. Like, you know, that, that's a team you can feel good. That's like, Oh, there's, there's hope for the future. The Eagles do not have that whatsoever. I think the only thing that Jeffrey Lurie can do to like restore hope is to fire Howie Roseman. I really think that's the only thing he can do to, and that doesn't, I'm not saying that Garen, like that fixes everything magically and they're in a, they're automatically in a better situation. I think that even if like an article to me, yeah, I agree. I've been thinking about that. Do it. I think, even if uh, that move is made, it doesn't like make everything better instantly, but at least it gives people hope. Because with right now, with Howie Roseman, there's no hope. I think that's a great article idea. Oh, thanks, dude. You should put that, we should have touched on that at the top of the podcast. That's a, that's a good line right there. It's a good it's, but 
I'm with I you. Want to compare it, though, with like it's like where the Sixers were. I had no hope for the Sixers. I think a lot of people were in the same boat until they hired Daryl Morey. I was right. like, oh wow, now there's hope here. <laughs> right, right. And and the Sixers aren't off to a great start this year, but in the long term, they're three of and the game, one, aren't they? Actually, Huh? Aren't they three and one? Yeah, but I mean, like they kind of look like the same team. <laughs> like, it doesn't look like things are drastically different. But it's not about the short term; it's about the long term. And I think everyone is like on board with Daryl Morey, you know, as this long term piece. Even maybe the Phillies, who I don't feel great about overall with the ownership and everything there. But they hired Dave Dombrowski, and like they made this big move, and it's like, all right, there's hope here. And for the Eagles to just run it back with Howie, like, how do you sell? I just don't you see you, sell you, can't, it. you can't sell it. People have turned, Jimmy. People have turned on him. I saw your poll on Philly Voice. 95%. What was it? It was 95%. Yeah, like like Jeff Lurie, like you're not thinking of firing this guy? When like literally like I can't I don't want to just say that the fans are always right and you have to bend to their like bend to their will uh or you know or, or whatever. Um when it's 95% but, like, right. Eagles fans are never like on the same page about anything, and I feel like more than ever, everyone's on the same page right. about how he needs to be gone. Like how how can you just like spit in the face of these fans by bringing <laughs> him back and being like he's part of the solution, or we can do half measure? Yeah, spit in the face of the fans. Put that in your article too. <laughs> All right, let's get to the picks because uh, this last pull up point kind of falls under the picks. Uh, uh, Eagles at no, sorry, excuse me, football team. Well, let me go over the records, Jimmy. Okay, uh, that no one cares about anyway. Uh, I'm 27 and 23 against the spread. We both went two and one last week. You're 28 and 22. So in theory, if we pick these differently, I could still win. Okay. Uh, but you you clinched the win for the season for the Eagles. I'm eight and seven straight up, and you are nine five and one. Yeah, right. But I will take the losses as I, I've been jinxing the Eagles and trying to get them better draft position. So people should appreciate that. All, All right. Football right. team minus oh, this. No, line, no, no. This line surprised me. Football team. Other game. Oh, the game first, right? All right, uh, Cowboys. That's in New York, right? Minus three. Yep. Not New York. It's not in New York. It's in New Jersey. Uh, at the New, uh, New Jersey Giants. The New Jersey Football Giants. Uh, Cowboys minus three. Who you got? Cowboys are locked. Giants stink. Giants have been trending in a really bad way. Giants do and, stink too. And the Cowboys are actually trending in a positive way. I'm going to take the Cowboys. Easily. You know what's funny about the Giants too, by the way, like. Uh, we made did we make fun of uh, the Joe Judge? I guess we didn't. Joe Judge being sort of talked about as a possible coach of the year candidate. This is not mm-hmm. now, but like three weeks ago or so when they were when they beat the Seahawks. They were yeah. five and seven, and they had won I think four games in a row. He was starting getting like mentions mentions as like coach of the year. Not any like <laughs> not anymore. So, but they but that did happen, and now like this past week, Washington. Benches and then subsequently cuts uh, Dwayne Haskins. Giants media is like patting the Giants on the back for taking Daniel Jones over Haskins. And it's like, did you guys not watch the season where Daniel Jones also was terrible? Like he's like he's like in the 30. He's like ranked in the 30s and like almost every like made. You know how many touchdown passes he has this year? Daniel Jones, take a guess. Twelve. Nine. He's got nine touchdown passes. Like he, he like he missed a little bit of time. Like what he missed like a game or two, like yeah. a game and a half, something like that. He's got nine touchdown passes. Like this is almost hard to do in in the league, like in the way that the league is right now. So like it, it's funny to me that like people often say New York, that's a tough market to play in. 
No, it's not. It's like the easiest medium market there is. They just pat you on the back for like all this. Anyway, uh, I too will take the Cowboys and I will gladly lay the three points on that because the Cowboys are actually playing pretty well. They actually look pretty good. They might win a game if uh, if they get into the playoffs. They might beat them. They play. Yeah. They, they would almost certainly play. So Tampa clinches the five seed if they win. I think mm-hmm. they play the Falcons. You know what's funny about the NFC? They're yeah. so bad that like they they actually will play their starters this week so that they can get the five seed. Whereas mm-hmm. like any other year, you know, the, the difference between like the three seed and the four seed might be negligible. And you, you might just like if you're Tampa, you might just like take it easy and rest your starters or whatever. No, they're going all out so that they can be sure that they get whoever wins the uh, the NFC East, which is kind of funny. So uh I think the Cowboys could maybe beat the Buccaneers if they get in. I've been saying on the Oddcast on the ESPN Nation NFL show that I feel like the <laughs> NFC East winner is like destined to win a playoff game. Okay. Like it feels so right. It's gonna be. It's just gonna happen. Everyone's like, oh, a joke of a division, and then they're gonna win a playoff game. I mean, the, the, the Seahawks did it. You know, when they they got in with the sub five hundred record against the Saints. You know, years ago with the Marshawn Lynch uh, beast quake yeah. run and everything. So. Feels like destiny to me. All team minus one point five at Eagles. Yeah, I think the Eagles are like a lock to win this game because it's <laughs> going to be so frustrating, Jimmy. And this whole this whole garbage about Jim Sh- this garbanzo beans, as Shilkapadio would say, uh, stuff from Jim Schwartz about oh we have the no hat rule. What are you talking <laughs> about? Like so you're not going to hand you gotta a hat so they know it, so they yeah. know what you're talking about. Well, I was going into it. I was going to say, like Jim Schwartz said, there's a no hat rule for the Eagles this week because they're not going to, you know, allow Washington football team to get the NFC East division championship hats and shirts. Which, first of all, I think, like, like who cares? Like, like who? Like, oh wow, they have those. Like, wow, what an accomplishment. Uh, but even beyond that, you're just delivering them to Dallas. Then, like, that's all you're probably yeah. going to do is you're you're just handing the division to Dallas if you beat Washington this week, which is worse than handing it to Washington because Washington, you know, as we've outlined, like they need the quarterback more. Like they could benefit from being higher in the draft. It's it's bad for them if they win this game. With that in mind, I absolutely think the Cowboys are going to make the playoffs and the Eagles are going to help them get there. And it's going to make what's already been a terrible season even more miserable. And Jimmy, I just want you to know that I went to bed relatively early on Sunday night and I woke up on Monday morning and I saw that the Eagles game was flexed. Yeah, in the night football, and I thought I was—I legitimately, not like joking—I legitimately thought I was having a nightmare. I thought like I was still like sleeping, and I was like, "This is," and then it was—it was reality, and it's so terrible, it's so miserable that we're actually going to be there. I watching hate night. I hate them. I hate night. Do you do too? Right? Yeah, especially especially in this situation where it's like, you know, there's going to be so much turnover and turmoil the next day too, because like the season is over. Yes. Disaster! It's terrible. It's awful. And Eagles fans. I used to live in North Jersey, and uh, I drove to Philly whenever I go to practices or games or whatever, and sucked as a commute. But like those were the that was really bad when there would be night games because you don't leave. I I mean, normally for night games, I won't leave the stadium until like one thirty or so. So I'd be getting home at like 
anywhere between like three and three thirty in the morning. Like, yeah, like I'd be like, it's like really tired on that drive home, and it always sucked. Now it's not as bad anymore, but like I hate being there that late, even for a game that matters, much less this garbage that we're gonna yeah. have to go watch. Uh, and like I think it was pretty much unanimous across the board. Like nobody wanted this game to uh, to be flexed. I think Tommy. Made a joke like they should, they should, they should have flexed it to like nine a.m. on Wednesday. <laughs> Please, yeah, get it over. That's right. Like the NFL made this Eagle season even worse. They made it even longer than it has to <laughs> yeah. be. It's terrible. But uh, yeah, I'm with you. I, I'll, I'll take the Eagles to win because uh, they are going to wreck their. I mean, if if there's one thing that we have learned about the Eagles is they can handle a fourth string quarterback. And, That's the thing. And, and I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. So the, the, the football team Heineke. is more than likely going to start Taylor Heineke, 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 Heineke one of those two. Uh, I, don't, I haven't looked recently because who cares, but um, I don't think Alex Smith is supposed to start. Have you watched? Have you seen anything about that? As of Wednesday, December 30th, we don't know. Okay. But I mean, even if he does, it seems like, is he going to make it through the game? Like it's, it just seems like it's dicey to me. So, uh, I don't, but again, like, I guess it matters <laughs> between the, like Smith is better. He actually had like part of his calf. He has part of his calf missing. So like the idea that, so he's, his injury is a strained calf. But when you have part of your calf missing as a result of like one of the worst leg injuries in NFL history, like you're not going to come back all that quickly. And we've been through like the list of quarterbacks that the Eagles have beaten over the last two years. And we're talking about like Luke Fox of the world, Ben DeNude, like guys like that. This is going to be another one of those games where they beat one of these just fourth string quarterbacks and uh, completely wreck their draft position. And this isn't new for them. Like they wrecked their draft position in 2015 uh, against the Giants. Pat Shermer. Uh, he fired Chip and Pat Shermer took over. I remember DeMarco Murray had a, had a big game in that game. For like so Bradford. the only big game he had. And yeah, Bradford, like that game helped contribute to the, uh, the well, last, seven right? games. last seven games and last three games was another one that his agent put out. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so it'll be funny to see like who has some misleading stats in this, in this final week and, uh, oh, Sean. And put some lipstick on, lipstick on this pig <laughs> of his season. Uh, but yeah, I have the Eagles winning this game because, uh, because of course they will. Yep, that's where I'm at too. So here's where we are. Uh, the last thing you had, Jimmy, is uh, I guess we can get into this more. We'll get into this more next week. Uh, we'll talk about you know more than just yeah, the Eagles. We can talk about. We're, we're going to talk about the most objectionable teams. Uh, yeah, who win the Super Bowl. We can do that next week, and maybe uh, yeah, talk about playoff picture. Yeah, we can do maybe our playoff predictions. Yep. Well. Yeah. Beyond the Eagles. Yes. 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 Scope beyond uh, the Eagles. And while I don't know, I mean, there may be some. There's going to be Eagles news next week because they're going to make decisions on the GM and the coach and the defensive coordinator probably uh, within like I would think within like a day or two of their final game because I mean they have nothing to play for. So it's Mm -hmm. not like anything that happens on Sunday is going to change their mind between what they're thinking now and then. So. I mean, there's going to be Eagles news, <laughs> but uh, yeah, maybe in the last segment we'll we'll kind of go through our playoff predictions and uh, right. most objectionable teams. Who are rooting for? Who are who are? Well, we can do that real quick. Who are you rooting for? I think we did just cover this actually last last podcast. But who are you? Who are you? Uh, in terms of like realistic team, there's a chance to win. I would say the Bills. I'm also going Bills. I mean, it would have been Andy, but that's already done. So yeah, that's, I would I would almost say the Chiefs are 
like one of the the most objectionable, just in terms of yeah. boring. Like yeah. they don't win last year. Not likable though. Yeah, but just like I don't care. Like they won last year. Like it's not okay. Great, whatever. Yeah. It almost makes this season feel like pointless if they win again because it's like what what was this all for? <laughs> just so they could win again. I think it makes. I think like they're one of the teams that like Patriots fans hate. Like okay. they like they don't like the Chiefs because they don't like they didn't have any like real divisional rivals that mattered. Like for years, like their biggest rival was the Colts, for example, because they yeah. were a team that was you know potentially the roadblock to them getting to the Super Bowl. So I enjoy when Patriot fans are unhappy. So that would be a reason okay. for me to to root for the Chiefs, I guess. But I'm with you. Like the Bills, that's a city that deserves to see a winner, and uh, that's a fun team to watch. It is. Like, Jimmy, any final thoughts? Stefan Diggs would have been fun to watch all year with the Eagles. Sure. <laughs> but uh, Any other final thoughts? Final thoughts? Um, no, just stay safe. Call Kristen Roach if you want to buy or sell or rent a house. And uh, Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. It's our last podcast, Jimmy, mercifully, of 2020. What a year it's been. Everyone can kick in the new year the right way by going to rightsofselling.com and getting some rights to sell and craft jerky by using discount code BGN15 for 15% off. So go do that. We'll talk to you at some point. Maybe an emergency podcast. We'll Who knows? We'll emergency. see what yeah. happens. If they, I'll tell you what. We'll do an emergency pod if they fire Howie or Doug. Okay. If they keep them, well, we'll probably just do it anyway, right? <laughs> we'll figure it out. All right. Yeah. All right. See you guys next From data privacy to the future of TV, retail media, and beyond, the world of digital marketing is constantly in flux. So how can you keep up? Well, The Current Report is there for you. Each week, marketing leaders on the cutting edge give you the latest insight. So if it's creating a buzz, they'll be talking about it. Subscribe to The Current Report wherever you get your podcasts. First thing in the morning, as soon as you wake up, the to-do list starts. Does the car need gas? Hopefully those leftovers are still good. Why did I get CC'd on the <laughs> No. You can't escape the to-do list, but you can make the most of your me time with a relaxing shower using Method Hair Care products. Try Pure Peace Volumizing, Simply Nourish Moisturizing, or Daily Zen Shampoo and Conditioner for daily use. All formulated with long-lasting fragrances and are safe for color-treated hair. Reconnect with the best version of yourself. Visit methodproducts.com to unleash your inner shower.